All right, welcome everybody. The final Home Dogs podcast of the 2020 NFL season. It is bittersweet. We've had a great ride. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you all for listening. We're going to go out with a bang today. We're going to talk about Super Bowl 55, talk about our favorite prop bets. Mark's got a dynamite audio trivia section lined up for us at the end. So uh, let's strap in and just get right to it. Chiefs, Bucks, Sunday. The line is three. I, I know all of us took the Chiefs at three or three and a half the second the AFC Championship ended. Not sure if you guys have placed any other bets since then. I have not. I'm still kind of waiting till this weekend to finalize everything. And I wanted to talk with you guys after uh, digesting this game for two weeks, having uh, no football last Sunday. Uh, how's everybody thinking about this game, Mark? Let's start with you. Uh, yeah, still, I guess, undecided like which side I like. I, I, like you said, I took the Chiefs uh, earlier a couple weeks ago, but it seems like the, the smart money is kind of waiting for the line to creep up to three and a half and grab Tampa Bay, so that's making me a little wary. I mean, everybody's talking about the Chiefs' offensive line, and that, that's definitely concerning me, but it's just hard to bet against uh, Andy Reid and, and Pat Mahomes um, with two weeks uh, to prepare, so I, I keep going back and forth. I, I still haven't picked a side. Trav, yeah, we know fun. you'll be uh, rooting for, for Tom Brady. Uh, in the Bucks, but uh, what's your wallet rooting for this weekend? As the weeks have gone on here, I've recognized I'm going to be rooting for him harder and harder. I'm going to be crushed, frankly, if the Bucks lose or when they lose. I did get Kansas City minus three and a half at plus 100, which I hate the hook, but at plus 100, I I went there and then it went down to to minus three shortly after I took it. The narrative that like the Tampa Bay defensive line looked really good in the NFC Championship game, and then these Kansas City offensive line injuries. Yeah, I think people are going to talk themselves into the Bucks here, um, but I still think if you just line them up, you know, three, three and a half is going to be pretty good value on Mahomes uh, in the Super Bowl. I'm on Kansas City with my wallet, but I really, really hope that Tom wins again. And I was thinking about this. You, you know, we had our discussion about why you you love Brady so much, and you were saying that you love greatness, and I and I get it. I've been rooting for Brady and Belichick too, along with you for most of the ride. But this kind of like a win-win situation if if you are rooting for greatness right in the Super Bowl because like it's almost the passing of the torch even with Mahomes beats Brady this year right I guess I mean there's gonna always be nostalgia for me and you know kind of growing up as Brady came up and how long he did it I mean it's everyone's like you know oh if, if Mahomes wins this Super Bowl he'll clearly catch him past Brady like that that's it's insane honestly to say that I mean maybe it it happens but and he's certainly more talented than than I think anyone I've seen recently but you know, a lot of things have to break right for, for these guys to get there, you know, basically every year. It's not like you roll the ball out and you end up there, you know, 20 weeks after the football season starts. So I, I don't think he, he passes Brady. I think that that'd be tough to do in terms of historical comparisons. But um, I think there's been some rumblings that like he could pass like Breeze or Aaron Rodgers, like already at this point in his career, which I, which I do think is kind of plausible um, and fair. Curious what and you guys they're, think. They're one Super Bowl each. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess do you do you Val? I mean, let's let's say Pat Mahomes' career ended, you know, after this year. Like, like does he pass them in the pantheon? No, I don't think I don't I don't think so. Those guys have pretty amazing careers, even though as we've talked about, like the fact that Brady has just as many NFC championships as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, and spend one year here with the Bucks is is pretty ridiculous. That those guys were only never able to get back there ever again. Well, the the one hilarious that I I think is that uh, Tom Brady is the all time or has the most playoff wins for a, for a Buccaneers quarterback in all all time. <laughs> That's unbelievable. A couple other ones uh, just jumped out at me. Tom Brady's the only quarterback to beat Mahomes in the playoffs back in the 2018 AFC Championship game. Uh, Mahomes was the last quarterback to beat Brady this year. 
And Brady, this one jumped out of me. He has never lost to an AFC team in the Super Bowl. So this would be the first time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly would be the first time. Uh I think I think I'm definitely settling on on Kansas City. I I was worried in the beginning, at least for the first week, it seemed like like 80% of the bets, 90% of the money was on KC really early, but it's as the weeks have gone along, I I think it's a good mix of public and sharp money that's been coming back the other way. I think people are talking themselves into the Tampa defense like you said, worried about that offensive line. I just trust Reed two weeks. Like he even said today, he's like, we got a lot of good linemen. We're going to figure this out. You don't need to give Mahomes that much time to find Kelsey or, or Hill or any of their weapons. So uh, maybe he gets sacked a few times and he takes some bad sacks. He is, he has been known to hold the ball a little too long, but I just think at the end of the day, they're going to find a way to win this game. And Brady, I mean, I, I don't really put those interceptions on him last week, but he let the Packers back in the game. Those interceptions were terrible. Maybe that's just Arians and Leftwich's game plan. We're going to go deep. We're going to keep going deep. We're never going to stop going deep. But Trav, you've been saying it all year that you hate the Bucks' offensive play calling. And I don't see it changing now because they've kind of they got to the Super Bowl even with their shitty play calling. So why would they stop? Well, I agree with you. And I, I think the one thing, you know, if you're going to be on the Chiefs this weekend, you know, the Spagnola is the you know Chiefs defensive coordinator. Obviously, he's beaten Brady in a Super Bowl already with the Giants in 07. Uh, he won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs last year. Like he, he knows how to call a great game. Uh, I really like him as a defensive coordinator. Obviously, it didn't work for him as head coach. But, you know, th- this Kansas City defense may not have as much talent as other Super Bowl defenses we've seen in the past, but he's going to have the game plan right, and he has a track record against Brady. And a note on, on Brady, in his last four playoff games, uh, his completion percentage is between 54% and 56%. So, I mean, it, I mean, it seems like he's been riding New England defense in one of those games and then Tampa Bay defense in the last three. You know, he's had his moments, obviously, but uh, I don't think this is the same Tom Brady that, you know, from, from years past. No, but I think he will be able to have success against the, the Chiefs defense for sure. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, just as an aside, I went back and I watched on YouTube the... Super Bowl from Tampa 30 years ago when the Giants beat the Bills, which is it's fun just as kind of a time capsule if you ever get a chance to go back and look at it. But it, what interested me is I was just watching the end of the first half and Stephen Baker catches a, a touchdown right at you know before the half expires and they actually great catch review, over the shoulder. It's a great catch. They go and review it on instant replay to confirm the catch back in 1991, which I don't remember. I was at the game, so I was not watching it on TV. But watching it back, I didn't realize they reviewed the catch at that point in time to confirm that it would, that he got both feet down. They did not review him completing the process of the catch, but to confirm he had two feet down, they did, and they confirmed it, and the touchdown stood. That's interesting. I, I actually totally forgot. I guess replay was implemented for a time period, and then it was taken away for a while, and then they re-implemented re- re- it in like 2000 or 1999. Um, I didn't realize that Super Bowl, though, was was still replay was still in the, in the league. Uh, the only other thing on this game that just jumped out of me, the Chiefs are only the fifth team to make the Super Bowl with a losing record against the spread. Um, and the only team that's won the Super Bowl with a losing record against the spread was Baltimore that won in 2012. Hmm. Interesting. What was their final line against the spread? I think they were 7-8-1, but I could have that off. Yeah, I think that sounds right. I think they were just... But that was the regular season. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the playoffs were. Well, the playoffs, they were 1-1 one one against one the spread, one. I think, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if this is relevant or not. I, I can't figure this stat out, but the, the winning team in this Super Bowl has gone forty-six and six and two against the spread. So that's eighty-eight percent. I don't know if that gives you any anything to lean on, but 
Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm going to add more to the Chiefs at three, especially if it stays. I, I, I'm imagining like points bet will continue to do their no juice weekends whenever Saturday rolls around. So I'll hammer the three. And I, I think the best hedge to that, uh, I'm seeing Brady's two to one to win the MVP. So instead of taking like Tampa Bay plus 145, I might just throw a little little bit on Brady at two to one to win the MVP as a as a slight hedge should should Tampa win this game. I can't see them. I don't know what could happen in this game with the Bucs to win that Brady wouldn't be the MVP because it's almost like the lifetime achievement award if he gets the seventh Super Bowl. Like you just have to give it to him, right? The only Bucks player that kind of jumped out at me is it just because if they do win the game, I think it's going to have to be slow and low scoring is Frenette at plus 2,500, which seems absolutely insane. But um, that was the only other one that jumped out at me. I like your hedge idea, Mike. The only other points bet had a same game teaser where you get Tampa plus nine and a half and under 62. That kind of jumped out at me a little bit, too. I think that's a great idea. I haven't really thought much about the MVP odds, but I mean, I can't see a defensive player winning it. One, I don't think Mahomes is going to throw enough interceptions to make a defensive player worthwhile to win it. And they have too many receivers where I think he'll spread the ball around. So it makes sense to me. Yeah, the defense would have to be like JPP, like has like three sacks and like a pick six or something like that, right? It'd have to be yeah. some absurd game from him or Shaq Barrett. But yeah. I don't see I don't see that happening. I always struggle going with the, you know, picking a defensive guy to win the MVP just because it's like feels like just a crapshoot. You know, I mean, Malcolm yeah. Smith, you know, these types of guys that are just, you know, they, they, uh, they get a break or something. But, you know, you can't really pick them going into the game. Wait, who, who's Malcolm Smith? When did he win a Super Bowl MVP? Didn't he win for the Seahawks? Yeah. Was that Malcolm Smith? It wasn't Bobby Wagner? No, it was Malcolm Smith because I think he scored a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I remember the touchdown. I, yeah. Oh, huh. It's so the hard. The only other like, one I could think of is uh, Larry Brown, who did it with the Cowboys uh, in the 90s. And what's his name for the, the Bucks? Against the Raiders. Uh, the hell was the guy's name? Oh, the cornerback. Dexter right. Jackson. Yeah. Dexter Jackson. Yeah. Cool. Great call. A couple other nuggets for everyone to throw out at their you know, Super Bowl get-togethers. The quarterbacks that Brady's beaten in the Super Bowl, this is kind of an interesting list. The ones he's beaten. Warner, Delhomme, McNabb, Wilson, Matt Ryan, and, and Goff. It's okay list. Wilson's, okay. Wilson's up there. Ryan's, Ryan's up there. But, you know, Mahomes is a different level from every one of these guys. Yeah, this this would be, I think, penultimate. Um, yeah. It'd be really hard for anybody to to catch him uh, as the the goat. I, I think. On the other hand, I mean, I I do think if if Mahomes win wins this, he he's well on his way to if he can continue his career for the next ten fifteen years. I mean, he, he could go down as the greatest all time. And Mike, you kind of alluded to that. Uh, Six is such a done. crazy number of Super Bowls, and seven would be ridiculous. Like, like so much luck has to happen for the Chiefs to continue to do that. Like, all his weapons have to to stay. Like, Kelsey's on the back end of his career, and I texted you guys this earlier this week. It's crazy that Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski are both 31 years old because we look at Gronk like he's like this old man who can barely walk, and then Kelsey's just <laughs> out there, just wide open every single play, dominating in the prime of his career. But he's probably only got what two, th- one to two, two and a half good years left at, at that level. He's a different kind of tight end than the guys that have lasted forever. You know, he's different than Gonzalez and Gates, True. you know. He's more of an athletic type, and then maybe that goes away quicker. This is only going to be remarkably Brady's second Super Bowl in Florida, which is crazy. He beat Philadelphia and Jacksonville in 04, and then Mahomes, they played in Miami last year, and he won. But in the 16 Super Bowls played in Florida, the AFC is 11-5. and five. Only 16 in Florida, I would have thought more. Yeah, me too. I'm not a math guy. I did it by hand. That, I'm that maybe off, but that was. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure you're right. That's there, there's right. a bunch in California. <laughs> yeah, uh, Texas, you know, a bunch like Georgia. 
yeah, Georgia, Louisiana, New Orleans. I mean, even yeah, Brady's played in Minnesota and Indianapolis. That's right. Phoenix, yeah. And then uh, I think next year's in Los Angeles at the new stadium. And I think Vegas gets one at some point. So we'll be we'll be hitting those warm weather cities out west for a lot of these. So, Mark, I, I think me and Trav, we're both leaning Chiefs. Are you sticking with your three or are you going to buy out of it and go Bucks the other way? No, I'll, I'll probably stick with it. Uh, one, I, I, I just want to root for the Chiefs. Um, so I'm going to let that cloud my judgment. But, um, you know, like you guys kind of said, I think to get Mahomes at a minus three price, that, that that's really good. It's hard to pass up. Yeah, it's crazy. This like the AFC Championship in this week, like all regular season, all you want is to take the Chiefs, but you can't because the numbers are too big, and and obviously that that proved to be the wise move to not take the Chiefs because they didn't cover. But now you're getting him against, I would say, inferior opponents, and you're only having to lay three points. It seems like it's almost too good to be true, which is what scares me. But I also thought the same thing last week, and and it came through, even though they hopped down nine points, and and you're immediately terrified. Did you guys like make a big deal out of the Eric Fisher and the the Chiefs' offensive line injuries? Yeah, it sucks. But if anybody can work around it, it's them, right? Yeah. I think it's a big deal, but I I think it's keeping the number lower than it otherwise would be. I think it's being overstated in terms of the value on the market. So yeah, I think it's a big deal, but I I think it's probably not as big a deal as people are making it out to be. Yeah, it does seem like everybody's everybody's talking about that right now. Now, if you're going to take the Bucks, I think that's all you can point to right now. Defensive line played really well, and the Kansas City offensive line's hurt. So, you know, if that's the case you're going to make in your head, that's what will get you there. Sorry, what are your guys' like memories of like last year's Super Bowl game? Like, I don't remember the game that well. I remember Mahomes' pass in the fourth quarter. I know they were down like 10 in the fourth quarter, but I just feel like I don't remember the rest of the game like that well. I, the Niners blew it. I don't know any other way to say it, right? They were, <laughs> they were leading... Most of the game, the defense is playing great. Like Mahomes is definitely shaky, uh, not himself for the first two and a half quarters, I would say. And then they got that one amazing third down conversion to Tyree Kill, where he just got wide open. I know, like the, the NFL Films version of that play unfolding is pretty awesome. Them talking about like what was going to happen before they they definitely knew that that play was going to be the one that bust him out of it. And then it just spiraled. But I mean, still at the end of the game, Jimmy Garoppolo had Emmanuel Sanders wide open for the game winning touchdown and he overthrew him by what two two three feet so they definitely squeaked by all their playoff games last year yeah i mean what surprised me going back and looking at it was they still won 31 20 i mean to your point being down 10 points in the fourth quarter yeah still winning by 11 is is crazy i didn't realize that was the final score wow yeah (laughs) there is a prop out there and i didn't write down what the number was but for kansas city to be down 10 or more points and still win the game I have it. It's uh, I wrote that was one of my one of my top plays that I was going to throw out first for props. But yeah, Casey to trail by ten or more at any point in the game and win is seven to one. Hmm. That's a hard thing to root for. (laughs) It's a hard thing to root for, but it's a nice one to have because even if they go down ten or ten or thirteen points during the game, like they're only going to be, you know, I don't know what is it plus one sixty or something on the live money line, maybe. Yeah. You know, and if you can get them at seven to one, it's like it's an interesting. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to play it. Right. And the only thing that gives you hope. And then I won't have to like feel the urge to live bet if they do go down 10. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's very creative. I'll be real mad if they go down nine. Uh, <laughs> on like a missed, uh, <laughs> missed suck up point. extra point or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I might as well get into some props now. That was, that was one of my top ones. Uh, I threw out Brady MVP. Uh, let's start out with a goofy one since we, we just had that. 
that one, which is kind of off the wall. But this is my favorite one on points bet. Uh, 50 to 1, any player to throw a football into the cannon porthole after they score a touchdown. 50 to 1. So, you know, like they got the pirate shit set up in the one end zone. I, so I don't, what I don't know, the specifics of this bet, like if they try and throw it at a cannon and they miss, like does it just count if you throw a football at the pirate ship? I think that that should count as a win, right? How do you determine intent in that situation? Mark, you're the lawyer. <laughs> Wait, so I'm sorry, it has to go through the cannon hole though? That's what it says on, on points bet. Wow. I feel like 50 to 1 is not, not, not high enough. That's like an improbable throw, isn't it? Like the cannon's like the circumference of that can barely fit a football, I feel like. It says any player to throw a football into the cannon porthole during a celebration. <laughs> so it doesn't even have to be a touchdown. It could be a turnover. You know, they, do, they all do that defensive where they all run down and do the picture thing. Someone could chuck a ball at, at the pirate ship after that, too. Uh, look, I, I think that pirate ship's definitely getting hit with a ball, but the idea <laughs> of the ball going through that cannon, uh, hard to believe. I'm definitely putting five bucks on it. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, that was the silliest one that I could find. My favorite prop, I think, is successful two-point conversion at plus 275. I think that that's a pretty safe one. And, and almost getting, at least on points bet, it's 275. On other sites I saw, it was closer to like 230, 225. So almost getting nearly three to one on a successful two-point conversion seems like a pretty good bet. Yeah, it was number two on my list. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'd be curious, like how many two point conversions there's been in like the last twenty Super Bowls. I, I'm sure there's been over fifty percent. Would, would be my guess, but that's interesting. What's uh, a top your list, Trav? Well, that was my my second. My first was MVP to thank his family. First was plus six hundred. Love, love that. Um, Brady's not a god over guys. Yeah, Brady's not necessarily a god guy. I don't know where Mahomes comes out in the situation. I'd like to go back and you know look at his speech from last year before I play this, but uh, family plus six hundred for me. But my only tweak with that, just thinking if if Mahomes wins it, I feel like is he old enough to kind of thank his family? Like I know he has parents, but you know he doesn't have kids yet. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I feel like he would thank the team first, is what I would think the, but the team is way the odds for the team was like plus 1300 i think oh wow i might jump on that yeah. that's interesting what are the other options trav do you happen to remember or you only wrote that that one down i don't know i haven't for me god was the heavy favorite uh family <laughs> team coach was different uh and i don't know if spouse or significant other was in the family category or not all right i'm gonna i'm gonna play the clip for us right now i got that speech from last year so i'll hear you go. <laughs> Where are you going? Something I've wanted to say my whole life. I'm going to Disney World. Can I go with you? Patrick, this wasn't your kind of game in the first half. What was it they were doing that was preventing you from being aggressive and going down the field? That's what I expected, but I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, they have an amazing defense. I mean, one of the best defenses that I've went up against in my career so far. And so we weren't executed at a high number. No thanks yet. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, the selfish player. Way to win football games. Two playoff games you had to come from behind twice at 10 points, once at 24 points against Houston. Now tonight, down 20 to 10, you turn it on in the fourth quarter, three straight drive. What is it about you and this team that allows you to do that? It's this team. We have heart. I mean, that's just from day one. Team. Coach, coach, that's coach, a team, I guess. <laughs> 
classic. I mean, who's that, Terry? Yeah. He just said, I thank those guys around us. Thank those guys around us. I mean, he didn't want to thank anybody. I think he sounds selfish, but, you know, Terry (laughs) was getting him to the team answer. This was going to say, like, like Terry had money on the the team there. He's kind of eluding them. (laughs) So who, I guess it'll be, it'll be Tracy doing it this year, right? Tracy Wilson. No, they typically get Nance will be on the podium, I would think. I know, but you didn't get get to do it last week uh, in Kansas City. You're right. It usually is Nance, but Tracy did it because he can't leave the booth. Oh I don't well not he and he was also calling the golf from his living room this this last weekend. I will he I assume he'll be there in person, right? I think he did the golf in the living room because he couldn't jeopardize the Super Bowl. All right. Did did you did you guys catch Tracy doing the AFC interview last or two weeks ago? Yeah. It was a, it uh, wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> it was just oh my god. She was like it was like too enthusiastic, like Thought this I was think, like the biggest moment. I, I think she was shouting a little too much because it was probably loud wherever she was standing. And you, sometimes I feel like you feel like you need to shout. And maybe you didn't know if the players could hear you, but she was definitely <laughs> the volume of her voice was like Steve Carell and Anchorman or something. How do you recommend our listeners uh, listen to that that interview? But Tracy but the, Tracy I mean, Wolfson, another Michigan man. Hmm. You got to think with the the audience that this game's going to have. There's no way Nance is letting this moment. He's, <laughs> he's going to figure out a way to do this interview. Like this is this is better than Butler Cabin for him. It's close because I mean, we know what happens to his to his pants in Butler Cabin. But this is. This well, is I don't know the NCAA tournament. You know, he gives a tie away to a senior that played in the game. He makes that like a big deal for himself. I don't. This may be number three <laughs> on his list. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, he's got it a lot could of big be last last with Tom. Last chance with Tommy. So I, I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. I think maybe you go with team or maybe he goes family this year. He does have a kid on the way. I will point that out. So, Oh, did not know that. Okay. Try, uh, Mark, you got a, a favorite prop play for us? <laughs> yes. I have one prop that I really, really like. So I think, was it last year? So yeah, last year uh, I was on Mahomes under rushing yards and that was one of the greatest uh, prop bet wins of my life because he did these awkward kneel downs at the end of the game last year. I don't know if you guys remember. They were like he mm-hmm. took seven yards loss on on each like, kneel down. <laughs> so my prop bet this year is is not rushing yards, but I love the over for Mahomes' passing attempts. Uh, I think right now it's forty and a half. Um, so Tampa Bay, their defense leads the NFL in opponent passing percentage in one score games um, at sixty three percent. KC is sixth in pass rate on O at 62% in one score games. So if you guys think this game's going to be close, um, you know, KC's definitely going to be passing. Um, so I, it's kind of my thesis. Um, maybe it's not a sexy bet, but I, I do expect a lot of points, although the, the rain that's that's supposed to come in is scaring me away a little bit. But I think at 40 and a half, uh, I think there's good value taking the over on the passing attempts. So that would like, feed into my 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 next one, which is actually KC to throw the most interceptions at plus two ninety. Mm. Yeah, I do like that too. Mahomes had some interceptions last last Super Bowl too. Maybe just so, in the first half, get a little sloppy, you know, and then you turn it on. I like that. Everyone's thinking Brady's going to throw more interceptions after uh, last week's performance too. So I definitely was on the Mahomes more interceptions train too. That's a good one. And to your forty and a half mark, I love that over, but I also I wasn't even thinking about attempts. I, I actually really like that. I feel like they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. I don't think they can force Daryl Williams or Clyde or Le'Veon because Vita Vea and those guys are going to be able to shut down that running game, I think. But I like Mahomes under 325 and a half passing yards. 
he might have a lot of attempts, but I just think if you factor in like a pass interference, which I'm sure those guys are going to draw because the Tampa Bay defenders are definitely handsy. They had a few last week against Green Bay. 325 is a lot of yards. So even if they just dink and dunk, I feel like you get one big penalty of like 40 yards and that and that hits your bet right there. Maybe that's crazy. We got Carl Sheffers on the call. Haven't talked about him yet. What do you think there, Trav, on, on the on that angle? Uh, I think it's tough to take both of those. I mean, I think, you know, going over 40 and a half passing attempts and under 325 yards it seems a little yeah, that's counterproductive. I guess. Yeah. But but I don't know. I mean, I do think, you know, some of this, the prop numbers uh, for the offensive statistics are just astronomical in this game. And, I, you know, the Super Bowls, at least the way I remember them, they tend to be lower scoring than you would expect and a little bit more like you feel each other out in the first quarter. And, you know, maybe this game's different because you got two really great quarterbacks, but uh, or at least one currently great quarterback and one you know, historically great quarterback. But so I just kind of favor the under in some of these situations. But Mark's support for the over 40 and a half passing attempts is juicy. I do like the the over for the game. Um, I think it's at 56 right now. Um, I, I just think that's really high. And I feel like people would be I mean, in a public generally bets overs, but I, I just feel like people would generally be apt to bet the under there. And I just think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, but again, this, this whole rain situation is, is scaring me away on, on all these overs right now. So the rain's only supposed to be early, at least from the looking at dark sky right now on the over under, uh, category. I was saying that it's one Oh five minus one Oh five. Just pick which half is going to be more high scoring. And I, I've heard a lot of the narrative being uh, people saying they, you know, the first half's always pretty low scoring. We know how low scoring traditionally first quarters are in the Super Bowl history. So it kind of makes me a little scared to just say, oh, let's just hammer the second half every single year. The second half of the Super Bowl is more high scoring. But I don't know how you don't take it when the odds are the same. I was actually thinking that the odds are going to be different and that you'd have to pay a little more juice to take the second half. And then I'd be more inclined to maybe be contrarian and say the first half will be more high scoring this year. But maybe if, if it's the same, let's just load up on the second half, right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, both, both of you guys have said, like, the, these Super Bowls, they, they usually start off really, really slow. I can't even remember it was last year's game. I don't think there was there. Maybe there was a touchdown in the first first uh, quarter, but yeah, I like the thesis. It's going to be so much stranger, though, with half fans. I don't know if it'll have the same, like, sort of buzz. Maybe the players aren't as nervous this year. Mahomes is back in the second straight year, so it's nothing new for him. Obviously, it's nothing new for Brady. I don't know, two experienced Super Bowl teams, maybe maybe the nerves aren't there, and then maybe there are points just right off the bat. I can't tell. I don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah, like I always think that's less about, and maybe I'm just so naive, but it's less about the situation and more about like the coaches trying to feel each other out, or you know, you come in and you maybe got a gimmick play early, but other than that, you're going to play it a little bit closer to the best. So I, I think it's less about the environment, or at least I have historically. Although I am interested how. And it sucks with no fans or, or, you know, limited fans, but how, you know, having a home team in the Super Bowl will impact it, you know, travel, that stuff. So how did they even, uh, the NFL divvy up like the tickets? I know like a third is going to healthcare workers, but like, what about the other tickets? Do you even know how they're being doled out? I'm assuming just rich people. Got it. <laughs> I don't know. Sponsors. Like, I mean, I, I know like the home team or the the two teams in Super Bowl usually get like a portion of tickets that they give to their season ticket holders. Like, I don't know if that's the case this year, but wondering that out loud. And the other thing I was wondering is, uh, is there going to be a halftime show? Yeah, the weekend. You haven't you haven't seen the commercials? Are you kidding? Oh no, I, I haven't. The or last three you... weeks, 
during every single football game, we hear blinding lights. And weekend drives in with the Pepsi, and then the the guard tells him he can come on in. Yeah. Wow, you two not commercials. Good for you. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's going to be at the stadium. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what's going to happen if it rains. I guess they've done one in the rain before, though. Yeah. So, yeah. They've got contingencies. I don't know who's singing the national anthem. I guess we probably should have looked that up uh, before. I didn't see any national anthem props out there either, at least on the sites that I have. So, I I swear to God, I, I bet the national anthem, whatever the time is under in like the last five years, I swear it's hit like 80%. Of the time, I don't know who's singing this year, but uh, if you bet the under on the timing, um, I feel like that's generally a profitable bet. Uh, Grammy-nominated artists Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church. Did Eric Church play college football? A couple of these country guys did. It doesn't ring a bell for me. Oh, Appalachian State, but he, he played uh, there. He, play uh, he went there. I thought uh, he may not have played there. I'm, I'm looking. I'm thinking a well, duet could go over. Trying to one-up each other. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, you hold those notes a little extra, you know, kicking it back and (laughs) forth. I'm assuming they're going to trade off lines or or something, or maybe he's just playing guitar, but he's definitely going to be at least singing backup vocals. That's a good point, because I feel like part of my thesis with betting on a soloist is they're just kind of nervous, they kind of rush through it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Maybe that prop's not out yet. They kind of maybe hold that one toward to later in the week, closer to game day, because they don't want stuff from the rehearsals to leak out either. So mm. we can we can monitor that as the weekend goes along. I don't really like betting on the pregame stuff. I think the coin flip is stupid. Like you just, why I could just flip a coin myself and bet on it, right? Yeah. I don't I don't take pleasure in winning money from a casino on a coin flip, right? That's like it reminds me of the Vegas vacation where he goes to the the crappy casino that has like, uh, <laughs> like. Rock, paper, uh, scissors. rock, paper, scissors with Cousin Eddie. Pick a number so. between one and ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five, six. Wrong. Yeah. I, I do like the national anthem. I think it's just like sets the tone for the Super Bowl. If you bet it, it's, it's kind of fun. Yes. And then no one really knows like what the actual time was because they're always like going to a flyover or like cutting to the dudes on the field. You never like who's really timing with a stopwatch that last like note. Sometimes right. it's within seconds. So there's a lot of money on the line. I've, ne- I've never bet on one before, but uh, maybe I will this year. All right, another props so we can just fly through these, then we can get to trivia. My long shot anytime touchdown score, Trav. I'm guessing you have a couple here. You'd love to play this prop, but my long shot one is Anthony Sherman at 22 to one, the Chiefs fullback. I just feel like Andy's gonna certainly have some goal line stuff lined up, and this guy's been a hard nosed player for them, doing the dirty work for many many years, and maybe if they're up big, he gets he gets rewarded here. So that's my click at 22 to one. The other, I, I just can't get a read on any, anything like two to one, three to one, just to score a touchdown. I don't know what the value is because I never bet it. So I did like Gronk at, at like two and a half to one. I just think Brady will look for him in a big game. But that was it for me. What, what did you have there, Trav? Uh, yeah, I didn't even look at the numbers, honestly, but I'm going to go probably Brate to score a touchdown, whatever that would be. And then probably Hardman again to score a touchdown. I'm also probably going to play great over receiving yards again, which I lost the you know two weeks ago, and Scotty Miller over receptions again, which I also lost two weeks ago. But I'm going to go back to the well on those two guys, at least on Tampa. The, the only other person that just sticking out that I'd throw in the mix is uh, Sammy Watkins, who's returning from injury. Mm-hmm. I could see him kind of getting get some touches and maybe get in the end zone. He was really good in the Super Bowl last year, too. Like yeah, finally that's right. had his big moment. That's right. After years of disappointing Buffalo fans and mostly Chiefs fans. 
What else do I have left here? KC to win by 14 or more is plus 260. I don't know if that's worth it. We messed around with some of those alternate lines with Green Bay last week, and obviously we lost everything with Green Bay. But So that kind of scars me on the, al- <laughs> the alternate lines. The sack ones are kind of interesting to me. A JPP to have a sack is 120. Shaq Barrett to have a sack is minus 115. I feel like you could just play both of those. Odds are one of those guys is getting a sack, and then you at least come out somewhat ahead. JPP to have two or more sacks is plus 700, and I love that. I'm definitely going to be playing that. Mm. I'll be in on that. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. And my final one, Harrison Butker to miss an extra point is plus 230. Screw that guy. Every time we've taken the Chiefs this year, he's totally fucked us. So if I'm betting on the Chiefs, the odds are that Butker is going to miss an extra point at some point to make this more nerve-wracking to me. Like when they're up, <laughs> they're going to be up three, and Buck, they're going to score a touchdown, and Butker will miss it. So then we'll get back to it on the three. Like that's just bound to happen. So I'd like to just get ahead of the Harrison Butker miss now. Plus two thirty. That seems so low. <laughs> I like that one. As we've been talking about, I swear the guy has been living off that uh, that game against the Chargers, which was like week three or something. Yeah. And he's just sucked the rest of the year. He had it was like one great game on national TV. I think he's been good from distance, but his uh, his shorter kicks have not been good. Oh, yeah, he missed like a bunch against Cleveland, I think, in the playoffs. And yeah, it, it's been ugly. Everyone we bet on misses an extra point. Like all year. <laughs> That's true. Right? We put the horns on everybody. We we did it to Justin Tucker in the wild card round. We did it yeah. to Butker when we took KC against Cleveland. He missed one in that game. He missed one last week, I believe, against the Bills. And Tyler Bass missed one last week also. We put oh. the horns on kickers. What's funny is like when you get like as far as we have like into gambling, like you really get to know the kickers in the league, like just because they make such a difference in terms of the point spread week to week. It's just it's amazing. Yeah, definitely true. I mean, but it it drives me nuts. Like Justin Tucker has been such a great kicker in his career. And over the years, he has fucked us in very disgusting manner (laughs) a couple different times. Uh, yeah, I, so. I can remember the Saints Saints Baltimore yeah. game sticks out to me. Yeah. Yep. This one wasn't his fault, but still, he could have been better. Just the the numbers cuz I I the safety at plus 850, that tells you it would need to happen about 10% of the time to make the bet worth it. Since 2001, uh 6.7% of all games have had a safety, but in all 54 Super Bowl games, uh 17% of the games have had a safety. So, wow. it's not flying under the radar in any way. I think people talk about this all the time, but I still will probably have it. That's a crazy stat. It. Wow. I mean, going back and look at like, and again, just some of the games I've been watching recently are in this two off weeks. Um, Hostetler got, you know, uh, was a victim of a safety in 91 and the Giants got Brady in 2011 for a safety first points of the game. And uh, Manning against the Seahawks too. Yep. First play of the game, right? Yep. I think. Yep. So it was interesting. So in one of the stats I was reading, that was the shortest gap between. So that was three Super Bowls in a row with the safety. But I guess the last play from scrimmage in the prior year had been a safety. And then the first play from scrimmage in that um, Broncos Seahawks game was a safety. <laughs> wow. Weird. Mike, by the way, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? I am rooting for the Chiefs. I feel like I, I was all in on rooting for Belichick and the and Brady and the Pats, but I'm definitely as the season has gone along, realized that I'm I'm on 
team Belichick more than I'm on team Brady, which is the losing team for this year. Uh, I still respect Tom and, and love everything he's done, but it's hard to go against Mahomes. I feel like rooting for this Chiefs team is kind of like rooting for the early years Warriors, like homegrown. They did it the right way. It's impossible to not like Mahomes. Like he's not even the number one overall pick, so you, you have that angle. Like twelfth overall, you know Pat Mahomes pitched for the Mets, his father. So I got I got that connection. So yeah, I'm definitely rooting for the Chiefs. I don't like Arians, and I like Reed. So that's really the biggest part for me i think yeah. what andy's done he's just so lovable and as trav and has harped on all year long we just don't love arian's play calling i do like bulls todd bulls jr by the way committed to rutgers today so oh, oh, oh. what does he play defensive back i, I think linebacker <laughs> slash safety you know you never know where they're gonna hash out when they get to the collegiate level <laughs> any other props uh, before we get to mark's trivia i think we've gone over some pretty good ones i've written down a few of your guys so i'm gonna Take some of the tastier ones here. Definitely we'll have a nice juicy card on, on Sunday by the time we get to uh, the game. Do you guys do any of the Super Bowl box contests or whatever? You know, you get participate in those at all? Yeah, I usually do. I'll probably get roped into one this year. What about you guys? I typically I have, avoid it, but this year I got in. I never like rooting for those. No, it's, it's, always, it's a pain in the it, neck. I always it's end just... up getting numbers that are counterintuitive to what I already have money on. If you're well, at a party, I feel like you have to kind of yeah. participate just to kind of and nice. like with your, you know, successful two point conversions and mixed extra points, you could have very odd numbers. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping at least it's a good game. We've been pretty lucky over the years. Like growing up, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like every Super Bowl was just like a total blowout. And now it just seems like every year it's generally pretty close. Like the last true blowout I can remember is maybe Bucks Raiders in like 02. That season has there been another blowout since then that I'm forgetting? Like uh, a tr- yeah, the, blowout, blowout. The Bronco, Broncos. Oh Seahawks yeah, was a disaster. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, I was thinking about that with the weather this weekend. It's like they got so freaking lucky. It was like 50 degrees for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but but yeah. like like I think Mike was saying, Mike Francesa was saying at the time, like if there was like a snow Super Bowl, like that would have been like so spectacular to watch. I think like it would just yeah. be yeah. so unique. Yeah. yeah. Broncos Panthers wasn't great either. That was a bad game, but it was it was close, close though, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Indy Chicago I th- or not in yeah, yeah, Indy Chicago was It was close. One think, score. I think. Was, uh let's see. 29-17, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it was I guess not so bad. That was bad weather too in Miami. Last year's game was 11 points, but no that was obviously close. God, you know that that Patriots Rams game was so fucking putrid. <laughs> it was so bad. Now that I think about it, like the last five years, the Super Bowls really haven't been that great, right? You I didn't mean, like you didn't like Eagles, Pats, or Pats Falcons. Yeah, well, that's true. Those were pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> and last year was pretty good. Yeah, okay. uh, I mean, last year was just Damien Williams blew it open. Otherwise, that was a one-score game. He he did the yeah. Fournette. Uh, that's right. Like we got screwed earlier this year, just taking that that scrub time TD to the house. I don't blame him. Yeah. Just a uh, time machine, just because I've been nostalgic, as you may tell here. 20 years ago, Giants got waxed by the Ravens in Tampa. And 30 years ago, obviously, was the Bills game in Tampa. Nice symmetry. And 10 years ago, uh, or nine years ago, JPP and Brady were, were tangled in the Super Bowl, and now they're on the same team. It's true. Spags? Spags was not on that team. No. no that was, okay. that was a Perry Fuel. Spags had gone yeah. to... Uh, I, I was going to say greener St. pastures Louis. in St. Louis, but those were not greener pastures for him. Yeah. But 
All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the trivia. Mark's got some fun stuff lined up for us this week. You got a taste of it last week with the audio clips. I think he's uh, going to give us more of a challenge this week. At least entertain us. That's for for sure. He's been working hard on this, so uh, let's kick it off. Floor is yours. Great. So before getting to the the audio portion, I have a couple other trivia questions Ooh. that I think be kind of fun to go through. Um, and just quickly to touch on from our last podcast, I think I had asked who had the best all time. Uh, completion percentage uh, in NFL history, minimum 500 attempts. I can't remember if we texted about this or not. Um, a couple people have thrown out guesses, but it turned out to be, uh, or it turns out to be Deshaun Watson. Um, and I think he's at, uh, I forget the actual percentage, but and I, I was surprised to read that. It's like 69.7 or something like that. Yeah. Breeze um, is number two. I think it's partly era driven, but still, nonetheless, uh, Deshaun Watson right now has the best all time. Uh, NFL completion percentage for this future jet Deshaun Watson <laughs> possibly possibly <laughs> um, so I don't think you guys know this but Bruce Arians and Andy Reid uh, form the oldest head coaching matchup in Super Bowl history combined 130 years Arians is 68 Reid is 62 who is the uh, previous before Arians oldest coach uh, to make an NFL Super Bowl appearance Marv Levy wow I've nailed it. Easy peasy. Yeah, he was 68, 180, 180 days old. Um, How old was Vermeil when he got there? I don't know how old Vermeil was. I guess he oh, still had the second left. stint coming in Kansas City after that. So Yeah. Couldn't have been yeah. that old. Good point. Mike texted about uh, Marty Schottenheimer. You know, shout out in hospice care. So, I don't know, maybe the Chiefs. Maybe there's a little little karma there. Love Shotty. Um, Father okay. Shotty. Not so crazy about it. <laughs> Sunshine, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question is: There are, let's see, we'll just do the top two. There are two quarterbacks to make the Super Bowl with three or more coaches. Can you name those two two quarterbacks? And they they were starting quarterbacks. Just to clarify, three or more head coaches. You said yes. Two quarterbacks to make the Super Bowl. With three or more different head coaches. I don't think this is right, but I'll, because I think it was the same coach in Denver, but I'll say Peyton. Yep. Peyton did it with four different head coaches, which is pretty crazy. I think he did it with Dungy, Jim Caldwell, John Fox. Who am I missing? Gary Kubiak. Kubiak. Oh, wow. Great call. I can't even think of guys who've been to the Super Bowl three times. This, I'm going to throw out another one. I think it's the same coach in St. Louis, but Warner. Yeah. Wow. Really? So I was trying to think who the coaches would have been. I know Wisenhunt would be one. Martz and Vermeil. Wow. Yeah. Good call. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Good question. Nice job, Trav. Coming out swinging today. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Let's move to the the audio portion. So I have ten different audio clips. They're in increasingly they get increasingly difficult so there's a couple of easier ones towards the top to, to warm you guys up and just uh, it, let me play the, the audio clip i'll try to stop it at the right time um you guys just have to name who, who's who's speaking in the audio clip okay no, we're not no other clues right no year no they're not yeah from, none of that like, I mean, super bowl they're just they could be from anything yeah if, if you guys right. struggle maybe i'll give you hints but here, here we go it will be an audio disrespect us talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league 
All we hear is about their defense. They can't stop a nosebleed. 25th in the league, and we the one to get disrespected. Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. <laughs> Bart. Bart Scott. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I definitely forgot about the first part of that rant. Like, yeah, I did too. <laughs> it's an amazing interview. Uh, okay, that was, that was the cupcake to kind of get you warmed up. Sal uh, Pal was just terrified. <laughs> <laughs> okay, audio clip number two. No, touchdown. Oh, poor tackling. <laughs> what happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You go ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. <laughs> Who was Tlaib with the necklace? Uh, oh. um, the kid from Oklahoma State, uh, Michael Crabtree? Texas nope. Tech, yeah, Michael Crabtree, that's right. That's not right. No? Oh. Who would else would Tlaib have been fighting with? Man, Man, Mark thinks this is an easy one, too. <laughs> I'm a little surprised right now, actually. Keenan Allen? Not Keenan Allen, no. Do you need me to replay it? I'd hear yeah, it one more time. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> what happened on the touchdown? Oh, poor tackling. <laughs> what happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You go ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. I mean, it's a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I thought this interview was a little bit more popular or famous at the time. I'm misremembering. Uh, so... Tlaib obviously used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, he played for a lot of teams, but his rivalry with this player started when he played with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Steve Smith. Yes. Oh, that was his. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't get his voice. You know what's funny though? You say in it, you're like, yeah, he was a Buck. But when I was thinking, I was like, okay, would he was on the Broncos? And I was like, oh, maybe it was the year he was on the Patriots. Like I couldn't, I didn't even get back that far. Well, so this was the year he was on the Patriots. Um, oh. and Panthers on a Monday night game and I but they <laughs> hated each other so much from those times when they were playing against each other in the division that it's pretty funny yeah ice up son that's really good Classic. Steve Smith's hilarious on NFL Network he's I one of my fucking favorites. love Steve Smith it's funny it's like one of the first things in my mind was for some reason I thought Moose and Muhammad and I don't think they ever overlapped or played but another great Panthers receiver All right, okay stumped us. we're one for one yeah one and one, one and okay one. audio clip number three Super Bowl for you, but in some ways, I think we got some things done within me, within our organization, within our players and our family here that maybe I never experienced before. And I, I appreciate so much our relationship and uh, the opportunity that you and Carl provided for me and my family. And uh, I'll always cherish it. And Vermeil, <laughs> yes, Dick Vermeil. Classic. Okay. Cries every time he's at the podium. <laughs> I forgot about that. He would definitely would have been a meme way before memes were memes with the crime oh, yeah. uh, at the press conferences. Former Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Dave Vermeule. What was uh, the nice context of that interview? Did they lose a big playoff game? I think Bruce that was Holmes? after their playoff uh, playoff loss in the divisional round. Um, I think it was against the Colts, if I remember correctly. And I think Dick knew the, the end was, was coming. Okay, so two and one. Nice rebound. Audio clip number four. Fuller, he was in a good position. Just I think he, he bit on a, a, a comeback route that wasn't there. I mean, he, he's got the deep third. He's got the deep third. He just has to cover the deep third, man. Look at Matt Stafford excited about that early bomb. 
that Talib this year? Yeah. No? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy should be the third. number one announcer. <laughs> How great is that? Like the, just, uh, the enthusiasm, love it. Uh, what do you guys? Uh, well, we heard him talking about Stafford. Do we want to just? Are we fans of this trade or, or not? I don't know if I. I feel like it'll be nice to see McVay with a competent quarterback. I just don't know if if this is the one they should have sold out for. But I guess if it's the only one they could have gotten. Uh, the team to take Goff's contract off their hands. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, McVay is, you know, made, you know, covered up a lot of Goff's warts. And I think, you know, he could maybe do more with Stafford than what Stafford even did in Detroit. I mean, Stafford's obviously very talented, but you know, the one thing is I think Goff was pretty smart. I think Stafford's smart and tough too, but, you know, I think it's going to be okay. I don't know if it puts him over the hump necessarily, um, but I don't think it's a bad deal. And, you know, anyone thinking that, the value that they got for Stafford is in any way indicative of what the Texans should get for Watson. I think it's insane because I think the Rams basically had to pay a number one pick to get Goff out of the building. Yeah, I think it's a good short-term trade. I'm, I'm just not sure about, you know, three, four years out what the Rams are looking like. I don't know what different, like, like I'm, I've been thinking about that too, where it's like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, you know, they upgrade a little bit, I think, for a period of time. It's not like they bet the farm. I mean, they were screwed with the golf contract anyway. So we did say that it's been interesting, their approach to basically, you know, using all their first round picks to get more proven talent, which may be a good idea. But they got to know when to call the top and start selling guys off for more draft capital when it's going to end. Yeah, that's tough. And and, and you have to draft well with your other picks, too, I think. Um, Yep. Yep. But it's going to be interesting. Audio clip number five. You guys are three and one now, right? That's a nice, nice rebound here. Chaffer's voice, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's Chaffer's. Wow. <laughs> Trav, just impeccable, knows his refs. <laughs> Chaffer's doing uh, this week's Super Bowl, obviously. Damn. How long did you have to search to find a Carl Sheffer's, uh penalty call? <laughs> well, it, it was hard to find referee penalty calls in general. I was trying to, I wanted to pick a more obscure ref, but I don't know if you guys actually listened to the audio there. Like he struggled with that call. Like he struggled yeah. big time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vinovich, I think had a call last weekend that was similar where there were, you know, multiple, I forget what the context was, but you had, you know, basically offsetting penalties, but then on top of that one team, Oh, it was when a uh, uh, guy got sacked. Oh, I think uh, Jared, uh, Josh Allen got sacked and threw the ball at the chief's defensive end. And then shit got yeah. a little, crazy and he had one of those you know the two penalties offset and then there were about 11 personal foul penalties that end up being totally worthless on top of it i hate the offsetting thing if there's more than one penalty on a, if there's three penalties on one team and one on the other then just one and one should offset and then you still enforce one of the other ones no well I, my pet peeve is when there's an off quick like a blatant offsides uh, but the offensive lineman holds the person that's offsides, and then you get the offsetting. I, I hate that scenario. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. So okay, so you guys are now four and one going into audio clip number six. As I said, these get increasingly more difficult. Let me see how you guys do here. I mean, the guy 
is uh, he is who he is, and uh, he does a great job of making sure everybody's on the same page and and uh, everybody's putting their best foot forward. You can't just stick your toe in the water, especially you know you got your foot up in the air. Want to go out there and just put your best foot forward. He's got great feet. You know he has good feet. He's another guy who has great feet. You want to make sure that uh, you know, put your best foot forward out there. Let's so go out there and, and being good little foot soldiers. You definitely have to be on your toes and and. <laughs> Mike, do you know who it is? I, I'm pretty sure it's Edelman. Right? I think it's Edelman too. <laughs> but I also think it it could be one of the other, it could be Amendola or Wes Welker too. I don't. It's one of those dudes. It's obviously they're making fun of Rex Ryan's foot fetish. Yeah. Uh, I think it's actually no. I think it's Wes Welker. I think Welker was the one who did it right okay. before he left. I'm going with Welker. That's my final answer. Trav, I would have said Edelman, but I, I'm, I'm I would believe Mike's right. It, it is Wes Welker. Um, <laughs> And this was before the NFL divisional round game against the Jets, which the Jets won. I think it was the last playoff game. I don't know. Yeah, it was the last playoff game the Jets won. Wes Walker Great was one. actually benched, like I think, in the first quarter of that game for this interview. Just kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That's a great clip. Um, okay. Audio clip number seven. First off, always respect a good opponent. Okay, make sure you do that. Okay, now <laughs> camera turned off. Every every one of them turned off. We turned off. Okay. So I don't I don't think it make the end of it because there's a little audio or music coming in, but uh, the person is saying "fuck the Titans." Do you need me to play it again? Yeah, let's hear it one more time. I think I know it. First off, always respect a good opponent. Okay, make sure you do that. Okay, now <laughs> camera turned off. Every every one of them turned off. We turned off. Okay. <laughs> John Harbaugh? Uh, it's not John Harbaugh. I was going to say that, too. Fuck the Titans. That's a good guess. So now we got to think, Trav, like going back, who are like Titans rivals like before Vrabel? Has he, or has Vrabel fought with anybody else? It seems like he's just been fighting with Harbaugh. But I'm thinking back yeah. to like those Ravens, the old Ravens and the old Titans, you know, had some pretty good battles over the years. Yeah. You want to, you could, I don't know. Guess Billick. Yeah, it's Brian Billick. Yeah. Nice wow. thought process. Good. There. Nice job, Mike. Yeah, I'm impressed that you guys thought of like Ravens because, I mean, I guess they have been a rival for the Titans, but they're in separate separate divisions. I wouldn't have gone further back than Harbaugh. Mike was all over it. I, that's like, I wouldn't have thought about that. What was the context of that? I do remember they, they had some pretty nasty, I mean, both teams had really good defenses. You know, the Eddie George, Jamal Lewis years, I want to say they had some nice battles. I think that was after their playoff game in 2000. I can't remember if the Titans beat them during the regular season. But like you said, I think they were talking a lot of smack about those teams. Um, and the Ravens won the playoff game, I think, in Tennessee. And sometimes. it was a big deal when uh, I think when Derek Mason like flipped sides at some point in his career. He started in Tennessee and then he went to the Ravens. And I don't think that his former teammates were too happy with him. In, in a Ray Allen situation, obviously not as dramatic, but and it's Derek Mason, but still. Yeah. Nicole <laughs> McNair did the same thing, right? Mer- McNair didn't he end up with the Baltimore for yeah, a you're right. period of time? Yeah, yeah, good point. Good call. All right, good stuff. Six um, and one. Six and one. Audio clip number eight. Were you surprised by how easy it was for your team today? Yes, uh, fairly. Because we didn't know what to expect from them, and uh, we expected a tough ball game. And things just start working out where they start turning the ball over. You start scoring more points. 
and taking advantage of every opportunity that they gave us, and, uh, and you saw what the rest was. <laughs> and now we're getting hard. <laughs> do you have any guesses, Trevor? Do you want to hear it one more time? No, I, I have no guesses. Can we hear that, that one more time? I'm, I'm yeah. trying to zero in on the interviewer, actually. I mean, I think you should listen to the, maybe there's some subtle, very subtle hints in, in the quote. Okay. Were you surprised by how easy it was for your team today? Yes, uh, fairly. We didn't know what to expect from them. And uh, we expected a tough ball game. And uh, things just start working out where they start turning the ball over. We start scoring more points. And taking advantage of every opportunity that they gave us. And, uh, and you saw what the rest was. Turning the ball over, taking advantage of opportunities. Do you, do you know who the interviewer was? I don't know if you caught that. I couldn't po- I couldn't place the voice. It sounds like this is like 90s, though, for sure. That's right. It sounded like, sounded like early Brent, but I don't think it was. I think that was not Brent's voice, but. It was uh, Bob Costas. Oh, hmm. that did not sound like Bob. I'm trying to think what Super Bowls NBC had in the 90s, but my memory's not that good. I kill your uh, it's not I killer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is in retrospect. Maybe is this from a losing team? I couldn't even gather that. Oh yes, right. It was from a winning team. Yeah. I feel like I it, is it a Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Winning, Sorry, yeah. these last three are, are Super Bowl related. Okay. Winning team. So they trounced the other team. Yes. Surprised how easy it was for you guys. We're getting there. Ken Norton. That's a great guess. Wow. It's not Ken Norton. That's, that's a great guess, though. Larry Brown? Uh, it's not Larry. So I, I think Ken Norton was interviewed later by Bob Costas in this. Yeah, but Ken played on a couple. He played on the Niners and the oh, yeah, and the Cowboys. Uh, I don't think that was Michael Irvin, right? Charles it was not Michael, Michael Irvin. And I listened to an interview with Michael Irvin. His voice sounds completely different. As a young person, as as he is on media now, can you give us a year? I think we need the year. Uh, I think it was ninety three. So it's a cowboy, Leon Lett. No, not <laughs> what? I mean, you guys are missing an obvious one at this point. Charles Haley, not Charles Haley. Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. That's wow. Emmett. Do you guys remember when he was like a media personality for like two years? Yeah, ago? it did not go well. Yeah, he tried. <laughs> They, they they rolled out him and Jerry Rice together and like neither of them could form a sentence on TV on ESPN. It was it was really, really bad. Brutal. Brutal. All right, I'll give you guys the win there. No, 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 no way. We were six and one, so six and two. That's six and two. Okay. We took like ten guesses there. That's a, that was a good one. Yeah. Okay. Audio clip number nine. Uh, well, you go through the, the elements of the kick that, that you think are gonna be important at the moment. And, uh, I felt like uh, in reflection, of course, you don't get a second try, but uh, they have stress trying to, to kick the ball strongly. Uh, Norwood? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was a lot easier then. I mean, could you guys hear, like, the the desolate, just yeah. down and out in that voice? Like, it's such a depressing interview to watch. It's it's unbelievable. So, I, as I've said, I was in the stadium second. We flew down to Orlando with no tickets, and uh, we figured we got tickets somehow in Tampa, which is like a three-hour drive away, and we were in the second-to-last row uh, at the stadium in the end zone opposite where he missed the kick from. And I was six, which I think about because my son's six now. Um, 
and the idea of doing anything with him is, you know, a little tricky. But so we went down there. Desert Storm had just started. It was a four hour security line before security lines were like a big thing. And I sat on my dad's shoulders for four hours, get into the game. You know, game goes on and Norwood lines up for the kick. And I'm like, I said to my dad, we can get up and go. You know, he's going to make the kick. It was a chip shot. <laughs> and he says, no, he he hasn't looked up yet. He said he walked onto the field looking at the ground. And he's like, there's no way he's making this kick. Wow. Wow, so he, your dad kind of saw the nerves from afar. I don't life. know. He was maybe he's just an optimistic guy, and I'm a realist. But uh, what, what, it was, what was the yardage of the kick? I, I can't remember. I think it was like 31 yards or something. Oh wow, maybe a little short? bit longer. Yeah, it wasn't. No, it was. I think it was like 47. No, really? it wasn't 47. I, I think it was like high 30s or low 40s. Is what I guess. It was 47. It was 47. I'm looking. 47. Wow. It wasn't a chippy, but. You know, a 47-yard field goal, at least in today's NFL, you think you got to make that, right? I don't know. I mean, it, it, kickers I mean, kickers suck now all of a sudden. So the yeah. extra point thing just like ruined everybody. That's a tough kick. You you don't you can't be too mad at somebody for missing a 47-yarder, right? I, I don't think so. But it, it sounds like Norwood like was kind of lambasted like after he missed it, right? Like I, I know he's too young to maybe understand, but that's how I kind of read history in that sense. I think he's a he's a all-time goat for missing the kick and maybe he shouldn't have been but also the giants were huge underdogs in the game they went in with a backup quarterback backup running back they had a coaching advantage but game probably shouldn't have been that close or close enough for norwood to make a difference and ended up blowing the game for him speaking of uh missed field goals i was while well, you guys were just travis telling us awesome story there i was trying to look up uh, another botched field goal in giants playoff history that went the wrong way for us, which was uh, the game in San Francisco where Kerry oh Collins God. and Shockey blew that whole lead and then they had the the bad snap and then there was totally yeah. pass interference, but they called an eligible man or whatever. Um, yeah. And it turns out he wasn't ineligible, whatever. They didn't call the penalty, but the, the interview with Trey Junkin after that game is one of the most <laughs> hilarious interviews because he was the long snapper they brought in off the street because our other long snapper got hurt. He had retired. He was like, you know, working on his farm or something and just totally botched that snap. And he was so mad at himself. He dropped like 20 F-bombs that he let everybody down. He was just like, I never gave him a fucking chance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't live. Trey in. Find- Junkin. Yeah. Oh, my God. By the way, what what would the ruling be if this is stupid that I'm asking this, but if so that lineman went downfield for the Giants and yeah, was and interfered with. It should have been offsetting. They didn't call either. It should have been. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They should have kicked it again. They should have kicked it again. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is, though, can an offensive lineman generate pass interference? Like, I, I don't know. Like, if <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't, I don't know. know. If he's not an eligible receiver, yeah. maybe not. Matt Bryant was the kicker. And I think Matt Allen have, was the holder. Have we discussed, not on this podcast, but separately, why, like, when you need, if you're going to run, like, a hook and ladder play at the end of a game, like, you got to keep something alive why you don't have all fast guys as your linemen like Wait. bring in running backs are you allowed would you be allowed to do that or do you have to have a number in the 60s or 70s to be an offensive lineman no you you're totally allowed to do this and i was at eric mangini's last game for the jets where he did this uh Brett Favre was a quarterback and they had all like they had Darrell Rivas come in, they had wide receivers come in to be eligible linemen. I remember the ref announcing all these people as <laughs> eligible. And that was the only play that DeBrecka Shaw Ferguson missed in his career. You're right. It's yep. taken out. 
And wow. yes, more teams should do that. I don't know why they don't. It's it's such a great idea. Mangini. Sorry, I, I go rant, ranting on man, Eric Mangini. The man genius. That's coach of the Jets. Um, okay, we are down to the final audio clip. Audio clip number 10. Well, Jim, if the Bills were happy with the first half, they certainly didn't show it. Very somber group of guys coming in. There was no talk about great first half. No talk about one more half. No talk at all. Each player were tied into their own thoughts. They seem to be saying to themselves, we're going to talk and celebrate when this game is over. I think that's Michael Irvin. Trav, you have a guess? Sounded a little bit like Michael Irvin, but I don't know why he'd be number 10 here for this. Sounded like an announcer on a game. It sounded to me like Solomon Wilcox, but I don't know why that would be it. One either, so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be funny if I chose Solomon Wilcox. <laughs> uh, you guys are both wrong. Uh, I'm happy. Don't to tell us yet, then. Yeah, 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 of course I'm not going to tell you. I got a little cocky there. I thought it was Irvin right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, you got I really stopped, cocky. I kind of stopped listening. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you, we, saw, you saw me yeah, nodding. Let me, let me play it yeah. again. Well, Jim, if the Bills were happy with the first half, they certainly didn't show it. Very somber group of guys coming in. There was no talk about great first half. No talk about one more half. No talk at all. Each player were tied into their own thoughts. They seem to be saying to themselves, we're going to talk and celebrate when this game is over. It's OJ. That's about, yeah. Yeah, it's OJ. That's <laughs> <laughs> the halftime of the Bills Cowboys, one of the Cowboys Super Bowls. Um, oh, man. It's crazy. He was like a sideline reporter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the Tim Meadows one. SNL sketch where they, like, it was after the murder and they go down to him, like, they have him being a color commentator and he's using the teleprompter and he, like, spells out, I did it. Like trying to draw up play. That's pretty good. Well, the other thing I was thinking of doing for these audio clips was for the last one doing some sort of Frank Caliendo doing like an impersonation. But that it would have been great. One without laughter in it to make yeah. you guys actually think of the person. Good job, I had, I had one more here. And I don't know if I get it to work. We could edit this out if it doesn't. Mike, we had the technical issues before, so I'm on my phone. So yeah, oh, oh, okay. but I got, got it. you know, it just kind of reminisced about the whole season. How you know when Sims got hurt and Hostel came in, and and it was the Buffalo game that he got hurt. It was also the Buffalo game that Rodney Hampton went out, and the two backup guys came in, and here they were again facing the two backup guys with single twenty five. So we we, we laughed about those times. You know, we were up. <laughs> Who was doing the interview? <laughs> Some guy you know we were. Talk. Yeah, it was that was bad. Uh, I can't tell if that's a Bill or a Giant. I'm guessing Trav would give us a Giant. Yeah, I think it's a Giant. And he sounds like happy and excited. It's not Carl. I don't think it's LT. That's definitely not LT. Is that OJ? Another OJ? Say hello to Otis Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> OJ Anderson. Back to back OJs. How did that work yeah. out that way? Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> I wanted an OJ, and I wanted an OJ cameo, honestly, because he used to after Dog and Francesca broke up for some reason, and I can't figure out why. But Francesca brought OJ in to do the contest with them, and people would call in, and he'd be like, "Hey, Mark." Uh, why don't you say hello to Otis Jerome Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is so random that he did the contest. I, I don't remember that. It was weird. Mark, I think I got your one of your favorite 
all-time audio clips i'm not even guessing but i just want to play this for you because it just oh, popped up me. on my phone when i was searching for uh trade junkin hey baby we're gonna be here all day we're gonna be here all day baby i like this kind of party i like this kind of party baby do you know who that is trev no <laughs> that's it's singletary right yeah i, I yeah. mean I, I love that because it's like the weed in for so many nfl films like yeah things there the nfl films music on it's like that and the lawrence taylor like we're gonna go out there like a bunch of crazed dogs crazed dogs <laughs> i love that and the lt gives a great pre-game speech for the jets before they play the patriots in a playoff game same same kind of thing the, and he's uh, not lt sorry but yeah I know. sorry with L- daniel tomlinson. tomlinson yeah sorry sorry ldt the, two giants man jeez when shannon sharp uh gets on the phone on the sidelines and he goes, you got to call the national guard because we're killing the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know I that one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was, I, there's like other ideas I had. It's just, it's hard to find like a lot of these audio clips. At least on, I was just looking on YouTube. Um, we did a great job, like getting the timing right for them. Like yeah. them all linked up. Yeah. Good. The NFL like, was fun. takes so much stuff down from YouTube. Yeah, that was awesome. Dude, I don't know. You can watch the whole, I think it's NFL, like their channel or whatever, but I watched that whole fucking Super Bowl 25 with no commercials. The original Al Michaels, Frank Gifford, Dan Diddorf broadcast, which was tremendous. Really? Yeah. yeah there, there's a lot of like random games that are, the full game is on YouTube. I'm assuming there's a lot of Super Bowls, like you said. So, yeah. It's I got to cool. check that out this week. I guess during the last dance, I was watching like full length Bulls games like every night before I went. Yes, to sleep. you were. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was cool, like looking at some of these old footage, like this reporter, like went into the Bills locker room after they lost the Super Bowl. And he's like going up individually to each like player. It's like it's so personable. Like it wasn't like all the hoopla that we have now where you have to get like a podium and all that. It's just like going up to the players and they were like being very candid and I don't know, it's kind of like refreshing to watch in a sense. Yeah. One more like good old day type thing that drives me nuts about the Super Bowl today is the logo for all the Super Bowls are the same. The only thing that changes is the Roman numerals. Yeah. Which I, is like, I you know, they used to have those it. great logos that were like so creative and like based on where the game was or whatever. Um, they always used to be so fun and now they're just so fucking sterile. Yeah. I want to say like giant super bowl 42 is one of the last remaining interesting, yeah. unique ones. It's like that, you know, those Arizona colors, like the teal and then the red. And yeah. then, you know, by the time they're playing against the Pats and in Indy, it was already this new format. I totally agree with you. It's, I really hate it. It sucks. Yeah, and this one's weird too, because, um, What's the Roman numerable? Roman it's LV, numerable. Oh my but God. they put the trophy in the middle, yeah. so it looks like it, LIV. Yeah, which was last year, right? So it's all fucked up. That is weird. Screw the NFL, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's 2020 and podcasts. We did it. We made it to the Super Bowl. Let's hope we go out a winner. Don't know when. We'll talk to you all again. Hopefully, maybe we can uh, link up a few times this offseason. Maybe sometime around the NFL draft or something. Certainly over the summer, we'll start looking ahead towards the season. Maybe uh, pop back up. So uh, stay subscribed, stay followed. Thanks everybody for listening this year. Trav Mark, it was a pleasure. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we're only going to get better and at betting and at podcasting. So uh, here's to uh, 2021 next season. Yeah.
Absolutely. Well said. Thanks, guys.